Hey, everybody. This is Josh All from the Get Level Podcast Network uh, with another episode of the Get Level Sessions here. Uh, I just want to welcome welcome everybody joining in. I have David Mitchell from the Performing Arts Center. Um, your official title is the... Official title is General Manager. General Manager. Okay, so the PAC at uh, Kent State University, Tusk. Yeah. So welcome to the table here. David. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, I always, uh, whenever I'm out at conferences or, uh, you know, introducing myself, it's usually, my name is David Mitchell. I'm the general manager at the Performing Arts Center at Kent State University at Tuscarawas in New Philadelphia, Ohio. Repeat it back to me. And I've got, and I was <laughs> like, and that, it doesn't get any shorter than that. <laughs> so locally, we refer, we refer to ourselves as the PAC. I think everybody knows the PAC. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a long, long title. So uh, just a little side note, if anybody you know, wants to donate a large sum of money and, and rename the building. Uh, we're open to that, you know, the short, shorter <laughs> name. We're absolutely open to that. Or do a donation like per letter, right. In, yeah, the, in the name, however, get, however it gets us there. We're, right. we're open to it. <laughs> All right. Well, I uh, just wanted to have you um, on the podcast to talk about the current situation uh, with the pack through the whole COVID quarantine shutdown, everything here in 2020, and maybe just recap a little bit about, what you experienced or what the pack experienced, you know, with the shutdown, quarantine, all that kind of stuff, and then kind of everything leading up to right now. And then we'll get into the future. Sure, sure. Um, so on March 10th, we had our final performance at the Performing Arts Center. Uh, the Broadway tour of Finding Neverland came came in. Uh, and that was a very strange day because uh, while the show was loading in, I was actually in meetings for most of the day uh, with the local uh university uh, campus cabinet. Uh, and then we were on conference calls with the main campus in Kent as well. And, uh, you know, everything was going to shut down. We knew it was going to shut down um, that day. Uh, we were able to go ahead with that final performance on the 10th. And then we basically stopped operations. And uh, we didn't know when the doors were going to open. Uh, it wasn't until August 25th uh, when the state orders came in, allowing performance venues, indoor performance venues, uh, or even outdoor performance venues for that matter, uh, to open at a reduced capacity. Um, so, you know, starting in March, uh, you know, everybody's, the community went on lockdown, everyone went on lockdown. Uh, we all started working from home, but it was, uh, for me personally, it was Zoom call after Zoom call with with industry professionals all across the country going, what's next, what's next, and trying to pivot and re-figure out how we do business. The Performing Arts Center was built and designed to bring people together for a shared live experience. And when people can't come together, uh, it kind of throws a wrench in, in what we do. Uh, so a lot of venues were, were uh, scrambling and trying to do different kind of live streams, um, and uh, we, did, we didn't do that at the Performing Arts Center just because I felt that there's so much free content out there on, online, on the internet, Netflix, you know, Amazon Prime, wherever you want to go, uh, you're going to be able to find content. And there's nothing that we could have done to provide better content than what was already out there. Um, so we just started uh, pushing things down the road. So... When when we shut down, I actually had a season all ready to play, all ready to go out. We were ninety eight percent done uh, with the season that we would have announced in May. Uh, season would have started in September, 
uh, and we would have gone through what, what we normally normally do. We announce the season in May, uh, sell tickets all through the summer, um, educate our audience on the artists that are coming in, uh, and then we'd roll out everything in September. Uh, so I think it was probably trying to think in my head of when I realized that that September date wasn't going to happen. I mean, it might have been early May. And, you know, at that point in time, when do you when do you pivot and start rescheduling? Because uh, we didn't announce any shows. Um, so in that sense, it was easier because no one was expecting something. No one had bought a ticket for anything. Uh, so we just started rescheduling shows month by month. Uh, then we kind of uh, uh, in, in June, I guess, I did a, uh, a survey. I coordinated with 16 venues around the state of Ohio. Uh, similar to size to us, anywhere from from 900 seats up to, to 2,400 seats. Uh, and we did a consumer confidence survey because uh, we know just to, just because we open whenever that was going to be doesn't mean that the public's co- going to be comfortable coming back indoors. So we did that, and what we discovered was that at the time in June, 33% of our audience was open the doors, we're coming back right now. 33% of our audience said, you know what, we'll wait for you to open and then we'll take a little bit and we'll kind of see how it goes. Then we'll make a decision whether to come back or not. And 33% said, we're not coming back until there's a vaccine. Um, so as a business, because uh, that's what the pack is, the pack is a business just like any other business. Uh, I mean, you got to look at the finances, you got to look at the economics of it. To know that you're automatically going to lose a third of your audience uh, that you have no control of, that's tough. That's tough for business. Um, and it, at that time in June, we still didn't know when we were going to open. Uh, so finally, in August, we got the word: yes, you can go ahead and open. However, it's going to be fifteen percent capacity. So for us, normal capacity is one thousand eighty-nine. Fifteen percent of that is one hundred sixty-three. There's not a lot of you, that you can do. Uh, with 163 seats when our audience is, you know, kind of used to us providing entertainment and that, that would warrant an audience of over a thousand. Um, so, so once those guidelines came out uh, pretty much right away, two of those 16 venues in the state of Ohio that we, we uh, coordinated with um, just said, we, we can't, we can't operate. And they closed uh, pretty much most of the other ones have done staff furloughs, have done uh, just kind of shuttered operations. Um, because, I mean, you can't, it's hard to do business. I mean, any business, if you say you can only bring in 15% of the revenue that you normally bring in, not many businesses can operate. Right. And that's that's what I was doing real quick, just for anybody listening, to put it on more of like a personal finance level. Yeah. So like for a, a family or an individual who makes $35,000 a year, think about, only making 15% of that for the year would be $5,200 for the year. Right. You can't operate on that. Exactly what you just said. <laughs> you can't do it. Uh, so at the Performing Arts Center, we're in an extremely fortunate situation that we're attached to Kent State University, um, which is a university uh, that is on good financial standings. Uh, you know, not every university uh, around the country or even in the state of Ohio are on uh, as, as good of financial footprint is, is what Kent State is. So um, we're still able, you know, fortunately we didn't, we didn't furlough any staff. Um, you know, as part of uh, Kent State, everybody took a, took a, 
a pay reduction, um, which which was understandable in, in the climate that we were in. Um, and and now it's just trying to figure out what is this new business model. Um, and and it, it's, I mean, some people will think that you, well, it, it, you're just booking concerts, so it's it's just the same. Everything's the same. And, and no, it's, it's actually fundamentally different because uh, we've got budget structures in place for an 1,000-seat venue. Um, and we're not that anymore. You know, we're 163. Um, we're working currently to get that uh, capacity increase through the state uh, up to right about 300. Uh, so, you know, if that goes through, we're, we're a venue of 300. But you're so, still only 30% or so. It, yeah, that's still only 30, yeah. uh, 30, uh, 28% capacity is, is what we're looking at um, uh, moving forward once we start able to, to have live events. Um, so when our audience is used to bringing us bringing in artists that have a budget of you know, 25, 30, $35,000, that's not possible anymore. Um, so uh, I, I keep saying and, and have it in my mind that we're still going to provide the community with quality entertainment that they expect. Uh, anytime I talk to anybody out in the community uh, about the Performing Arts Center, you know, I, I ask how their experience it is. It's like, well, we love the we love the pack. We always have a great time at the pack. And usually, my response was, well, why don't you come more? Uh, and you know, I we understand that people you know come a couple times a year usually, and and that's fine. Um, and you know, I I've just always encouraged people to come out and try something new. Uh, maybe you haven't heard of the artists that we're bringing in, but try something new. Now, that's all we're gonna do. It uh, you know we're not going to be able to bring in that artist that charges 25, 30, 35, $40,000 with our Broadway tours, the expenses, the all in expenses, once you include labor or anything, that's over 50, $55,000. Um, so that's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, but we're still going to provide high quality entertainment and give people a great live experience. Uh, it's just probably going to be somebody that you've never heard of before. Which is fine. Which is, yeah, I think that is fine because, I mean, you give those artists an opportunity to, to perform in front of a crowd that maybe they wouldn't have had that opportunity before because you were bringing in larger acts. Right, right. Everybody starts somewhere. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I still remember the story. I was talking with a uh, one of the trustee, board of trustees or uh, board of regents from Kent State University. And when he was at, at Kent State in mid-70s, uh, he was actually on the committee that would book the talent to come in and perform for the students. He told me that he brought in Rick Spring or not Rick Springfield, uh, Bruce Springsteen, uh, and paid him seven hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> you know, as an opening act for uh-huh. somebody else. So everyone said, who? "I mean, yeah, exactly." But you know, Bruce Springsteen was working gigs in the early mid seventies for seven hundred fifty bucks, opening for somebody else. Uh, everybody starts somewhere. Um, so there's lots of talent out there. They just might not be a household name yet. Uh, so, so we're still going to provide that, uh, that experience, that live experience. Um, it's just going to, it's going to look a little different in the short term. Gotcha. So, so that kind of brings us up to where, where you guys are right now and then a little bit of moving forward. But I mean, I guess we were talking before we started recording here that, in a way, I sort of represent, I guess, your average consumer of the arts and in, in the community. We, and you said, well, 
same thing you just said a little bit. Why don't you come a little <laughs> Why more? Don't you I'm come like, more? well, <laughs> okay, fine. Fair enough. You got me on that one. But I want to. That's the thing is I want to start coming to more shows and more events at the pack. So moving forward, what does that kind of look like? So uh, we, we just announced our, our first event, which is going to take place on October 17th. Um, and it's going to obviously reduce capacity. Uh, things that will be uh, required, uh, everybody in attendance will have require a face covering. Um, we'll have timed entry. Uh, so people will know exactly when they're allowed to enter the building. Uh, they'll come in and uh, just go directly to their seat. So the lobby's just kind of off limits, uh, no gathering, um, nothing like that. And then individuals will sit in their seating pods, be six feet away, much like we are right now. Um, and uh, you'll just have little seating pods. So that that's the new norm. Normally people are, you buy a seat, you buy a ticket to a show. It's like, well, no, now you're buying a seating pod. And seating pods can accommodate up to four people. Uh, we'll have a couple that will accommodate up to six people uh, for a family of six uh, to accommodate families. Uh, but you're you're going to purchase a seating pod, and your pod is going to be six feet physically distance from from your neighbor, uh, and and that's that's the environment that it's going to be in. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit different, uh, but I think that. So I think what we've learned during the pandemic is that screens are, are great, but at a certain certain point in time, I mean, I think we're all getting screened out and Zoom calls and, and watching YouTube videos. Um, nothing beats the live experience. And I think we're, we're seeing that play out now. The people are kind of craving that live interaction. Uh, I've, uh, post or pre-pandemic, I would always say the pack is about making memories uh, of with your, your family, friends, whoever that is, of coming together for a shared experience uh, that is is much better than uh, you know. I always say, give the gift of an experience. Um, I don't remember the presents that I got four years ago uh, at Christmas time, but I can remember that family vacation that I took four years ago, or or that event that I went uh, with with some friends to. Uh, so you're creating that experience. So that's kind of, you know, all of that's going to stay the same. It's just going to look a little different in, in the short term. Yeah. And I, I guess I can't speak for everybody, but you know, from my point of view, I'm okay with that because I want to get out. I want to go places like you can't stay cooped up forever. And I, the, the opportunity to go to a live event. And at this point, I honestly wouldn't even care who was the performer. Right. I don't care if I have to wear a mask or s- sit in a pod. Can I come? Right. You know, and that's that's what I'm worried about. Can I come? And that's that's awesome that that it's coming back. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, uh, I mean, for me, it's just been nerve wracking and and a little bit of torture. Just uh, <laughs> I mean, part of it was not knowing. Uh, so from March until August, you know, we kind of didn't know when when things are going to open up, um, but. Uh, once we got that announcement and we knew, okay, we're getting close. Even if it's at a reduced capacity, we're getting there. Um, I mean, it just kind of reinvigorated uh, me and the rest of the staff at the, at the pack. And it's like, we finally get to get back to what we do of creating experiences uh, for our community. Well, um, as far as like you and your staff, has it, what's the dynamic between you guys? Have you guys found that you've kind of gotten closer in relationships tr- by trying to have to be creative and how you go about things now? Um, I don't know. I don't think 
this has brought us closer, but I think we were already very close to okay. begin with. Yeah. So uh, within our industry and, you know, what we do, uh, it, non-traditional hours, you know, yeah. it, nights and weekends are a norm sometimes. And so, you know, you always come together and, and it's kind of like a little family um, because sometimes we see our work family more than our regular family, uh, you know, spending so many hours at the Performing Arts Center. So I, I don't think that this necessarily uh, uh, brought us closer because we we're already, you know, there to begin with. Um, it was, I mean, we were, we did have daily check-ins. Uh, everybody was at home. We get on Microsoft Teams and we do a, a video call. And, uh, you know, it got to the point where it was just like, what, you know, what's your favorite joke? Yeah. You know, do you got a joke, you know, and just, and just communicating that way, just to have some semblance of, of normalcy. Um, but, uh, you know, we're always looking at, at health guidelines, you know, what, what's going on in venues in Europe? What are they doing? Cause they're a little bit, uh, at the time we're a little bit ahead of us as far as reopening and things like that. Uh, so it, lots of research, just lots and lots of research yeah. and, and just trying to figure out what that path forward is, which I think most businesses were doing. Uh, I don't think we're any different. Um, again, we're, we're a small business just like anything else. We yeah. just have a really nice shiny building and, <laughs> and we sell fun, which is, yeah, that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did anybody like, I don't know, discover hidden talents or skills doing something that if it weren't for the pandemic, they would have never tried. Um, you know, uh, well, uh, our production manager was uh, kind of, uh, I don't think he, he discovered a talent, but uh, was sort of, you know, renovating his house. He just moved in fairly recently. Uh, it's been a year, I guess, and bought a house. And so that we're gutting some rooms and, and renovating. Um, so yeah, I mean, lots of home improvements. Uh, yeah. I, I would love to say that I took advantage of the downtime like that, uh, <laughs> to do home improvements, but, but I didn't really, um, it was just, you know, lots of, uh, lots of research, lots of reading news articles about what else is going on in the industry. Uh, and, and lots and lots of zoom calls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I noticed, um, in the, in the one article from, I think it was like a month ago, you had talked about it didn't really matter what size of a venue it was. Mm -hmm. I think you used Playhouse Square yeah. as an example. Yeah. You want to touch on that real quick? Um, yeah. So, um, so whenever uh, I'll bring in tours, uh, give tours of the Performing Arts Center uh, quite often, lots of times with school, school groups. And I usually say that uh, we basically have two constraints uh, within our building. One is the physical size of our stage. Uh, we can regularly hold four semi-trucks full of stuff. So for a Broadway tour that comes in, we'll have four semi-trucks uh, loading in that show. Uh, the The tour of Hamilton that's going around now, uh, the Broadway show Hamilton, it has 13 semi-trucks. Wow. So, so <laughs> Hamilton's not coming anytime soon to the Performing Arts Center strictly because the show is physically too big. So that's one constraint. The other constraint that we have is seating capacity. 1,089 seats. Uh, I usually say that we can bring in whoever you want uh, at, to, to perform at the Performing Arts Center. If you wanted Taylor Swift, Post Malone, Justin Bieber, whoever you want, Paul McCartney, we could do it. We would just have to find 1,089 people that would be willing to spend three, four, dollars $5,000 <laughs> a ticket to enable right. to afford those artists. So, you know, that's not going to happen either. So we've got the the... 
you know, capacity limit there on, on seats. Uh, and, and we bring in stuff regularly that, you know, the average tickets for 50, 50, 60, $70, maybe it just depends on the show. Um, so that's our other constraint. Uh, so w- when the order came in and says that, you know, you're reduced to 15% capacity, even Playhouse Square that has 3,000 tickets or 3,000 seats, um, you know, once you reduce them to 15%, um, they're not much bigger than we are. Um, so, you know, we're all kind of on the same playing field. Um, another aspect of this that we haven't even touched on is is touring artists. Yeah. Some of them mm-hmm. aren't going out. Broadway shows are not are not touring for at least another year. Um, is that is that a, an estimate on your part or is that has that been said? I just don't know. I think it's pretty much been, yeah. been said. So about um, a year still. Yeah, so so as I'm talking with with the Broadway tours mm-hmm. and different things that we bring in, um, yeah, we've just kind of written off 2021 uh, and we're looking on the 21, 22 season. Wow. Um, so out into April of 22 kind of thing is, mm-hmm. is when we're looking. So uh, yeah. So Broadway shows or large scale shows like that are not touring because the economics don't work. Uh, we've got to have at least 700 people in the building to break even on a Broadway show. Usually, usually closer to 800 people. Yeah. I was going to uh, say if the economics don't work out for the venue to host the artist, and they certainly don't work out for the artist. Right. Uh, so so you've got economics. You've also got different states that have different health guidelines. True. So a, a tour is going to cross state lines and things are going to vary. Um, so a lot of these major tours aren't going to be happening anytime soon. Uh, so you've got that dynamic at play as well. So it's like the whole industry is just in flux. And then if you do the, the, the trickle-down economics of the uh you know you know hotel industry even i mean even locally so when we bring in shows they're booking hotels it affects the restaurant industry locally uh, but it also affects uh, those transportation companies that are transporting shows around uh, it affects uh, equipment rental companies uh, it affects stagehands that are used to working behind the scenes um, there's this whole microcosm of stuff that usually people don't know about. And I think that's by design because when you come to a show, you don't want to think about how hard the work was to get that show. You're coming to have fun and enjoy Mm -hmm. yourself. It's very similar to like if you go to the movies and you just want to watch the movie. Yeah, you have no idea. You have no idea until the credits roll. And then you sit there for 10 minutes looking at these credits like, there's a lot of people that worked on this. Right. Right. So, yeah, same kind uh, of thing. It's the same exact thing. So it's like we never want you to look behind the curtain and, and see that because it somehow ruins the magic. Yeah. Um, and But now well, it's like you need to see this because there's a <laughs> lot of people involved. Nothing happens if it's not for what goes on behind right. the curtain. Right. Yeah. Uh, and just speaking of the Broadway shows that we bring in, we'll have a stage crew of 50 to 55 people come in and work eight hours before the show starts. Then you do a two and a half hour show and then they'll work another four to five hours to get that show back mm-hmm. on the trucks and gone. So our workday starts at seven thirty in the morning and on good days, Hey, at 2 AM I'm at home and in wow. bed. <laughs> and that for the audience member, you just see, you know, it's a two and a half hour show and I had a great mm-hmm. time. I don't even, I don't, 
I don't want you to think about all that stuff. Um, but you know, there's so much stuff that goes on behind the scenes and all of that is screeching to a halt. Yeah. That whole, um, nothing's coming back until 2022 is going to really upset my wife. <laughs> we, uh, well, regarding Broadway shows and things yeah, like well, that. That's exactly what I was yeah. going to say is because of course, just like probably most people did, um, during quarantine, we watched Hamilton on Disney plus yep. yeah. and the obsession hit. Yeah. Um, and she's like, when's it coming? When's it coming? She wants to go to playoff square and watch yep. Hamilton, Hamilton. And <laughs> I keep checking my phone. I'm like, honey, it's still, everything's yep. canceled. Well, keep checking. Maybe it came back. Maybe yeah. it came back. Yeah. So now I can tell her from an industry expert himself, right. Just chill out for a year. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and, and also, and also, I mean, you're, I'm just like throwing up all over you with all this. No, uh, that's all. Hey, that's what, that's useless, what we're here for. Useless information. <laughs> but, um, I mean, also with what we do, we work 12, 18 months out. So to schedule a Broadway show, I mean, you've, there's a lot of coordination that goes on behind the scenes and it's just like this big puzzle, uh, when you're routing different cities. So, uh, even even now we've got the green light to open, but on August twenty fifth we could have opened, but I still don't. We still haven't done a show. Yeah, because that was at the fifteen percent still. Right. Yeah. Um, because I didn't know I was going to be able to open until the twenty fifth. Yeah. And, so you can't have a plan. And I can have a phone call on the twenty sixth to say, "Hey, do you want to come?" Uh, and we started having those conversations, but then it's still working through the logistics of trying to schedule something. Uh, and then you got to have enough lead time to put it on sale and advertise about the show. Uh, so, I mean, the timeline is just extremely lengthy on, on a lot of this stuff. So upcoming events in 2020, what, what is that schedule right um, now? So the only thing that we've announced right now, uh, so on October 17th, we're going to have, uh, have our first indoor event um, in over 200 days. Um, I haven't done the exact, exact number of, of what, what that countdown was. Um, and um, so at the Performing Arts Center, we decided for that first indoor event, we would kind of shine the spotlight on the local arts community. Um, cool. So we're going to do a, a benefit concert uh, card called Arttober Live. Um, so Tuscarawas Arts Partnership, which is our countywide arts council, uh, did a survey th- between March and August um, with individual artists and arts organizations throughout the county. Uh, and they estimated that during that time frame, $1.2 million was lost. A lot of that can't be recovered because um, mm-hmm. we can't do, I mean, just with the Performing Arts Center, we can't do more events to try and catch up. So, uh, and, and, the Performing Arts Center has not lost $1.2 million. That, I mean, that's, uh, you know, the, the arts sector in the county. Uh, so Tuscar Arts Art Partnership is putting together an arts relief fund. So a fundraising, month-long fundraising initiative throughout the month of Art- October uh, called Arts-tober, <laughs> and uh, to try and raise funds that will then be distributed out to the local arts community. Uh, so we thought that it would be great for our first event back to have a benefit concert uh, featuring local artists, uh, and 100% of the proceeds from ticket sales, from donations, is all going uh, to that arts relief fund. Uh, so the Performing Arts Center is not not taking a dime for any of this. Um, so that I mean that's the first thing that we're going to do. We're going to have 
John Stuckey, which is a local uh, artist, is going to painting on stage, uh, you know, painting, doing a, doing a piece uh, live in front of everybody. Uh, and then we've got uh, Zach Perillo, a local uh, uh, musician and artist, uh, that's going to play a little bit solo. Uh, then we've got Hannah with an H that is going to, to uh, play. And then finally, Whiskey Zulu, a local band. Uh, so there'll be a bunch of live music. We'll have art on stage, all local artists on stage. John Stuckey will be painting live. Uh, and we'll, we'll get as many people as the law will allow us uh, in, into the Performing Arts Center. Uh, and then we'll also live stream it. Uh, oh, th- nice. It'll be a, fly, a live uh, live stream. We've uh, partnered with uh, Reber Video, uh, uh, Seth Reber, uh, that is going to produce that live stream for us. Uh, and it will be available free uh, through our website. And uh, we just encourage people to, to watch that live experience, whether you're in person or, or watching a live stream, uh, and, and donate to the cause because uh, there's a, a, a lot of struggle in the arts community here, even locally. Arttober. Arttober. Like that. that was a good play on words. It's a good play on words. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. So that's October 17th. Correct. So that was one of the things I was going to ask you before we kind of wrap everything up too is how can the community help? How can we support the arts? Um, well, I mean – First thing, you know, that, that arts relief fund would be huge. Um, but then it's also just uh, participation. Um, you know, we always say with, with the arts, with the performing arts in general, uh, there's no takeout in the performing arts. Like uh, restaurants, are, that in whole industry is, is being um, hit really hard as well. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, th- there is the option for takeout uh, for those organizations to try and, you know, keep, keep them... Uh, keep those businesses afloat. Uh, the performing arts doesn't have takeout, uh, so performing arts organizations, um, it's it's donations, um, it's advocacy through uh, through different initiatives. There's a there's a nationwide initiative. Uh, it's hashtag uh, Save Our Stages, um, but it's a lobbying organization that just uh, just formed six months ago. They've never had the need for a, a nationwide lobbying organization for independent venues uh, and uh, lobbying Congress for some kind of a stimulus relief package. Um, so both Ohio senators have signed off uh, in support of that. So both uh, Portman and uh, Brown uh, has signed off on that. Uh, several of our um, uh House of Representatives uh, from the state of Ohio has also uh, signed on to support and sponsor that bill. Um, so, you know, stimulus from the federal government, but then also the Ohio government as well. Um, a, a letter was just recently introduced to Governor uh, DeWine uh, to, to support the arts sector uh, in, in Ohio. Um, crazy numbers that you talk about unemployment rate. I get, and, Asterisks. Everybody's struggling. I get it. Every, you know, every business is struggling. Um, but when you look at the arts sector, the unemployment rate right now is 43%. Oh, wow. Which, I mean, that's devastating. Wow. I mean, that's, that's disaster right yeah. there. Um, so, so people that work in this sector need, need that support. Uh, and, you know, whether that's the, you know, the state, the federal, uh, local, local levels of government, um, there needs to be support there. So, Reach out to elected officials and advocate for the arts is, is a huge way. Um, but then once organizations start opening up, uh, and this isn't just the Performing Arts Center, um, but when they start opening up, 
you know, support them. And if that's coming to an event, great. Um, if you're not comfortable with that, you know, find, find another way, uh, make sure you help get the word out that these events are happening. Um, I should also say that the pack is opening and it's going to be extremely safe. Um, we're exceeding, uh, CDC guidelines, uh, and, uh, Kent state has, has, uh, uh flashes safe seven protocols in place. Uh, so it is going to be a safe environment. The HVAC system at, uh, the airflows. I never thought I'd be an expert on airflows and, and, <laughs> well, uh, there you go. There's a hidden, <laughs> that's a, something, a new, I did something new you learned, something right? I did learn, <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, the transfer of air and bringing in outside fresh air into the, in the pack, um, is, is, uh, you know, top notch. Uh, so it's going to be a safe environment uh, for people because, you know, we don't want to add anything. Uh, you know, we are in a, a worldwide pandemic and we realize that. So uh, it's in everybody's best interest that we do things safely. Sure. And I mean, I just, like I said earlier, from my perspective, like I'm, I'm excited to be able to just go experience something. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, like, Honestly, I don't even know if the, the headliner name or, you know, whoever you're having at a show in the future matters as much to me now as it does to just be able to go. Right. Well, so you now have the ear of the general manager of the Performing Arts Center <laughs> who's actively trying to find artists to come to our stage. Uh, what's your favorite genre of music? I'm putting you on the spot. Um, either rock or country. Rock or country. Yeah. Okay. I go. I like both. Okay. Um, specific decade of you know, are we talking? Uh, I, I like, as far as country goes, I like anything. Like the newer stuff is, is pretty fun for me. And okay. then um, rock, you know, probably 20s or 2000s, something like that. 2000, 2010, that kind of okay. decade. Got it. Yeah. Duly noted. I guarantee I will try and find something that fits that. Okay. So <laughs> shine down next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's always the funny thing that, you know, once, once I'm talking to people in the community and they find out, you know, what I do, you mm-hmm. know, they love to say, well, you should bring in so-and-so, which I love that, that back and forth dialogue. Cause it's not my venue. It's yours. It, you know, right. my tastes are irrelevant. doesn't matter what style of music or anything that I like. I'm not the one buying a ticket. So the building is there for the community. So what does the build, what does the community uh, want? And what does, will the community support? So I'm always looking for artists, artist research. I guess that's something else that I learned. I discovered lots of new talent yeah, over the pandemic. And I don't remember who I was. I was talking to somebody and they, uh, it was one of the, the service organizations, might've been the Kiwanis or something. They asked, uh, they said, well, this is a, a serious question. Do you watch a lot of YouTube at work? And I do, <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's, it's market research. Mm-hmm. So it, it's yep. a great way to discover new talent and to find out uh, what kind of entertainment's out there that will uh, be a good live experience for somebody on the stage. That's great. That's great. Um, is there anything else that we didn't cover, didn't talk about that you were wanting to bring to the table for everybody to hear? Um I, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I, I realize, I think I told you, all, you know, before we started, I'm not an interesting person. I just have a really cool job that's fun to talk about. And I realized that I've pretty much been talking for however long we've been talking nonstop, which is very unusual for me. I'm <laughs> usually not this talkative. Um, so I would just say, you know, do you have questions? I mean, is there any tidbits or any anything about the pack that you've, you know, always well, okay. wondered? Well, I mean, 
Uh, one more question I do have, I guess, about like the COVID situation moving forward yeah. is, I mean, you talked about the capacity limits, the pods. Do you see a world now moving forward in the future where it's like it was before? Or are we always going to be somehow uh, constricted or, you know, in some way by by this? By right. Um, well, so I think history has taught us, a, I mean, you can learn a lot from history. So you can look back at the uh, pandemic of 1918 and how, again, I was doing research on how did this industry <laughs> react to that and what was happening. Um, and it came back, uh, and in, depending on where you were in the United States, it came back very quickly because people were hungry for entertainment. Mm -hmm. Back then, there wasn't YouTube. There wasn't, there wasn't screens. You couldn't have anything. It was all live entertainment. Um, and then some, some places took a little bit longer. So I think uh, we will get back to normal. Uh, and just my personal opinion, it, I mean, it, it's probably going to be two to three years before the pack is back to the attendance levels that we were uh, before this happened. Uh, so think back to January or something, um, which is, uh, I mean, it's a little disheartening and I don't mean to come across as doom and gloom. I think that's just kind of reality. Um, and uh, uh, we just have to ensure that people realize that it's a safe environment to come into the performing arts center. Um, and we're doing uh, going above and beyond uh, expectations as far as providing that safe environment because now we don't have to, I mean, it's not just about who's coming on stage. I mean, people are going to be thinking about this for, for quite a while. Mm -hmm. So it's convincing them that it, it's going to be safe. Um, but also I do think it, it is going to have an impact on the industry as far as um, uh, the live streaming components. So uh, which we're which we're fully going to do. Um, we're uh, working on getting artists here in the fall that will probably be doing a, a live stream component as well. Um, that uh, there's there's an at risk population out there that still deserves access to to the arts, um, and so we're going to uh, do our best to provide that experience, you know, through a screen, um, but. Uh, you know, for performances that occur on our space, on our stage, that have an audience uh, in inside the Performing Arts Center, uh, to be able to participate. So I think that live stream component that might be around for quite a while. I think uh, that's kind of what we've seen too. I mean, like uh, for instance, like at church, like we had to do, we had to quickly transition to live streaming right. when no one was allowed in the building or right. nobody was coming, and now it's we got to cater to both audiences because. There are still people that aren't coming and they probably won't. Right. Um, we did the Project Hope um, mm -hmm. uh, press conference yesterday at the courthouse. We live streamed yeah. that to Facebook because, you know, the health department said you can't have more than 10 people attend. Right. Well, but we more than 10 people wanted to see it. Right. So we had the live stream, which, you know, with the right equipment, if you know how to do it, like it works out really well. So I think we will be catering to the live audience and the virtual audience probably moving forward. Right. Right. Um, and then there's other things that you got to think about on, on the flip side. So with live streaming, there's a whole, um, licensing and copyright stuff, yes. um, that needs to be addressed from the legal standpoint, uh, within the music industry and the arts industry. Um, we would never be able to live stream a Broadway show, uh, because that's, you know, copyrighted content, um, at least here locally. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, 
there's legal teams moving behind the scenes. Could you have like a, um, what do I want to say? Like a, uh, um, wow, my words are like a, an area online that mm-hmm. where people who have bought tickets or something can log into like with a registration oh, code or something right. and, and, you know, consume a live stream that way if they've paid for it. Yes. So, okay. so there, there, there is, and that's what we're planning on doing um, outside of this one event. Uh, there'll be a free live stream. Uh, we will put it behind a paywall cool. uh, so that uh, it's not just open to the public. Uh, things won't be recorded. Uh, and I think that that's going to lend itself to, I mean, part of the live experience is that anticipation of, Knowing, you know, I'm going to this event yeah. and thinking about that mm-hmm. the uh, night out. And, and days prior to that, um, uh, we've kind of lost that. I mean, used to be like must see TV used to be a thing uh, where, you know, Seinfeld was on at nine yeah. o'clock on Thursday but night. Now when you can just record it, I'll get to it when I get to it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so everything we've got is on demand whenever I want it instead of I need to, my plans need to stop and I, it revolves around this event. So we're going to provide that kind of experience virtually that this will be a live event that occurs on our stage. It won't be recorded. If you don't watch it, you miss it. Um, I mean, the same experience you would have on if you were inside the building. Uh, and, uh, you know, so having that behind a paywall, that certainly helps with licensing things. The fact that it's not recorded, uh, that helps with licensing agreements. Uh, but again, I guess something else I learned. Yeah, <laughs> it's about streaming licensing uh, agreements uh, during the pandemic. Uh, but yeah, I think that going forward, that's um, that's going to be with us for a while. Uh, but I do think people are still going to realize that. I mean, being in the room mm-hmm. when it happens, you know. Oh yeah, you you'll never be able to replace that. Yeah, it's not quite the same. Mm-hmm. No, but I guess one thing you'd probably have to you probably thought about it too, is, is what happens if somebody pays for that live stream and they're watching at home and it crashes or the stream, you know, dies or something that is out of their control. Right. Well, uh, yeah. So, I mean, we're used to putting on live events and everything that goes on with that, but we're also now having to learn how to produce TV shows (laughs) essentially, uh, and the technology behind that. Uh, and you know, things might not work perfect. Um, I always say, it's the you know magic of live theater when when something doesn't go right. Uh, usually, it's not necessarily recorded for posterity. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean things are going to happen on the technical things, and you just work through it. And you know, you hope that everybody realizes that. Uh, you know that who, this who, is new for everybody. It's new for I everybody. Mean, We're all yeah. uh, not necessarily making it up as we go along, but you know, it's, it's, it's adapting to, to the new times that we're in. Uh, and you know, we're here for the community. So we're not trying to gouge people. We're not trying right. to, um, uh, just take advantage of anything. You know, we're, we're tr- providing to, uh, provide a service. Uh, and we hope that, uh, hope that the community appreciates it and, and, and supports it and not only supports the pack, but yeah. All, all of the arts in the county. Well, and like you said, I mean, it's not necessarily making it up as you go, but in a way it kind of is. And I think that's, I think it's awesome that you're doing that because it's like in the, in this time, if you're not, if you're not trying to adapt and learn and grow and change and accommodate people in a new way, then you're just going to, you're going to get left behind. And right. that's what's going to happen. Um, yes. Yeah, so I, I think it's great. 
Yeah, I, I mean, are... any business now is is adapting to new things. Um, and even before, uh, you know, the pandemic, if you don't move with the times, sure. then you kind of get left out. Yeah, and with uh, the pandemic, it's not like, you know, you guys are sitting around in 2019 saying, okay, we need a game plan for a worldwide pandemic. Yeah. Now you had a game plan in place in case there was ever a fire or sure. a tornado sure. or whatever, but a worldwide pandemic, that's... Yeah. Well, and hopefully this is the only time in, in my lifetime that I have to worry about it. <laughs> Amen. Um, once, once we get past this, uh, I mean, plans will be in place, but, you know, hopefully we don't have to implement it uh, and do that. Uh, but, you know, I think, you know, anything that disrupts a life the way a pandemic does, you you adapt and hopefully you come out better, uh, you know, when it's all over uh, because you've progressed and learned to adapt and you know it, it brought about some positive change i mean there's absolutely negative sure. uh, things that, that go along with it um uh but you know you gotta you gotta look towards the positive and yeah i was gonna say how much of a restriction it is on growth and how much of an opportunity it is on growth is kind of just a matter of perspective and how right. you decide you're going to handle a right. situation yeah um and I, I hear, you know, I see a lot of a lot of people saying like, oh, can we just get to 2021, get 2020 behind us? And, you know, based on what, what we talked about earlier and everything, 2021 is still going to be limited. We're still going to be, we're still good. It's not like, it's not like as soon as the, you know, the ball drops, COVID disappears. Right. Like, and, it, and for the longest time within the industry on all those Zoom calls I was on, uh, it was, okay, we're pivoting to 2021. And I was like, why is, why does the calendar flip? Why is that going to change things? Um, but I think that was just our way of wrapping our heads around this. We knew that fall in the fall, you know, was, was a lost cause and things were, things are going to change dramatically. Um, but, uh, I remember in, in March thinking, Hey, I've got a show scheduled for, for September 10th. That was going to be our opening show. And when are we going to announce that? When are we going to do that? And thinking to myself, if we're not ready to go by March or by, uh, by September, then the world has bigger issues. And, and here we are in October. And um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, a, it's super sad that, um, that we're, you know, we've got to this point. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I'm now I'm pushing those January shows back to, you know, one that I had scheduled in January already uh, just this week, I've rescheduled to October, um, next October. So a year from now, oh, geez. Yeah. um, and you know, we're just peeling the calendar back one month at a time. Um, cause I honestly don't know when, when those capacity restrictions are going to be lifted. Um, so I don't know when business as usual is going to start happening at, at the pack and when we're going to have a thousand people in the building again. Um, but most of that stuff that we had planned, unless we can get 600 people in the building, 700 people in the building, then economically it, it just doesn't work. Um, so fortunately the, the industry has, I mean, it's it's a great working relationship between the venue, the artist, and the agents. Um, that just trying to be reasonable and understanding. I mean, no, I mean, contracts were signed. Nobody's trying to to hold anybody to those contracts, That's and good. there's you know no legal things going on. At least from the performing arts center's perspective, um, there are. 
things that are going on in other parts of the country. Um, but, uh, you know, everybody's been very reasonable understanding of the situation. Uh, and I think most of them are just ready to get back to work uh, in a safe environment. Um, and, uh, you know, looking for that assistance wherever it's going to come, because as I said before, mm-hmm. not to be doom and gloom, but the arts industry has just been decimated. And you hope that it, uh, it doesn't go away or sectors of it don't go away yeah. per- permanently, which there will be organizations and businesses that won't be able to withstand this just like any, any business um, that aren't going to come back. So, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of uh, devastating for, for the population. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But, you know, I guess uh, for everybody listening, I mean, before the, when the pandemic hit and everybody was quarantined, everything was shut down. How much would you have given to just be able to go to the pack for a show? You know what I mean? Like, Whenever everyone was scooped up in their homes, they just wanted to go out and do something like, oh, I wish there, I could just go to a show at the pack. Well, we have Arttober on October 17th. Correct. So, so yeah. Go. <laughs> For all because. those people that have been waiting and waiting and waiting, uh, we now have the opportunity. Uh, we've got this uh, first event scheduled on October 17th. Um, hopefully, the next couple of days from, from now, uh, we'll be able to record uh, uh, or announce some things in uh, November. Uh, I've got you know, a couple artists lined up for November, uh, December, and, you know, we'll just keep, you know, announcing as, as we get them scheduled and uh, still provide that, that live experience um, that is, I mean, I'm probably going to, you know, do a curtain speech that first show and probably won't be able to get a word out. I'll just be blubbering and just, you know, just so happy to just, <laughs> uh, you know, it, you know, we've been craving this for, for so long. Yeah. And uh, just the fact that it's, uh, uh, you know, we're finally able to do it. Uh, it's it's super exciting. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just can't, I can't wait. <laughs> well, hey, that's only, what, a few weeks away here. So Correct. a couple weeks. So Correct. Um, October 17th, that is a It's a Saturday, Saturday. night. Okay. Yep. yep. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And so people can get tickets. Uh, they can give us a call. Uh, at the pack box office, 330-308-6400, uh, can go online at kent.edu slash tusk slash pack um, and uh, purchase your seating pod your that seating way. Pod. Yeah, your and seating pod, yeah, and there's how many, I uh, guess how many uh, pods are available? We have 71 pods available. Okay. So you think about it, that's not a, that's not a whole lot. No. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah, so it's, I'm like, so if I show up that night trying to get tickets at the doors. Well, and that's part of our safety protocols. It's it's all got to be advanced sales. Okay. So we're not we're not doing any kind of transactions the night of. So we're okay. trying. You know, everybody's keeping their distance. Uh, so you got to purchase in advance. Uh, you got to purchase an entire pod. Uh, so for this first event, it's only ten dollars a ticket. Extremely reasonable price, yeah. um, especially for a benefit. Uh, you know, we're raising funds for a good cause. Uh, ten dollars a ticket, but you have to buy in a pod. So you've got a pod. So either four or six, right? Right. Well, okay. four, uh, four, and then if you've got a family of uh, five or six, uh, we can accommodate. Oh, that. I got, I got. Uh, so if if uh, you and your wife want to come, and it's just you, uh, you know, it's ten dollars a ticket, but you got to buy buy a pot of four, so forty dollars. Well, that's good. That means I don't have to sit next to her. Well, there, you, there you go. <laughs> I should you've say got, means she doesn't have to sit next access, to me. You've got access to to four seats, <laughs> uh, and you utilize those four seats however you want. Um, 
But, uh, but you know, that's the best thing that we can do to ensure that physical distancing of, of six feet is, is to, to sell by the pod. Um, and, I, I, you know, my hope is that hearing, well, it's $40, um, that, that doesn't scare anybody away that, you know, it's the price of a pod. It's, you know, it's still, it's $10 a ticket. Uh, you know, and if, you know, it's, you know, if it's a family of four, um, or if people have out there have, have created their own little, um, pandemic bubbles of, <laughs> of close family friends or something. And yeah, you have that, um, uh, you know, so the, you know, $40 for a pod is, is reasonable. Um, moving forward, the price is probably going it, it is going to, well, not probably the price is going to increase a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, we're looking at bringing in artists from Nashville, uh, and, and New York, um, well, and like that's that. expected for the prices to increase, you know, moving forward. Cause th- like you said, Artober is a, it's a benefit. Correct. Um, but yeah, so moving forward, it'd be more like, I guess what you were doing before, just, just right. on a smaller scale, on a smaller scale. Right. Um, so the, the talent level isn't necessarily changing. You know, everybody that we're going to bring in is is extremely talented. Um, I, they and might I guess, just not be as well known. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and I guess at this point, it, it's it's where that trust factor comes in. So you've always trusted the pack to bring in high quality entertainment. Uh, you always have a great time when you show up. That's not changing. None of that is changing. Those same standards are in place. It's just you, you know they're not. You haven't heard this person on the radio, or right. you know you might not have heard their name. Well, and I gotta say some of the some of the greatest, most memorable like artists that I've seen at any concerts or anything like that are, are sometimes the opening acts of people that oh, I had never heard of. And all of a sudden I'm on YouTube trying to find, you know, just a couple of songs maybe they've released or whatever, just to hear anything that they've done. Right. And you hear them live and it's like, wow, these guys are really, really good. And, right. you know, you, you think for a couple, I, I can think of a couple, like five years later, I look back and say, they're huge now. And right. I saw them when they were just scrubs. Right. You know, and right. So, I mean, the same way in sports, you know, you go and you, you see a guy who's, you know, maybe in his rookie year pitching or something and, you know, he just gets a little bit here and there. And then a couple of years later, you know, he's in a starting rotation. You're like, I remember when that guy was just right out there trying or, to make his way. I mean, uh, Steph Curry went to Davidson. Yeah. You know, no one ever heard of the guy, yeah. you know, now, you know, MV, mm-hmm. MVP of the league uh, multiple times. And uh, I mean, huge, huge star, but it took him a while to bloom. Uh, and to, to what he is, the NBA caliber that he is. But anytime, if you'd have watched him in college, you would have still been entertained by him because he was a heck of a player. Right, so. right, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. if you had season tickets at Davidson University, yeah. <laughs> you would have been, <laughs> yeah, had, had a treat there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, we're still going to do what we do. Uh, we're, you know, provide exceptional experiences for everybody. Uh, and I just encourage people to, to you know, come on out and have a, have a safe time, have a fun time, uh, and, you know, enjoy that live, live entertainment again. Awesome. Well, I think that's pretty much everything I had for you today, David. I'm, I'm okay. really grateful you came in to sit down and talk about this yeah. stuff. I think it's important for the community to hear what's going on with the pack. It's such a staple right. in our community. I mean, the thing is, like with Tuscross County, the resources and the things that we have here, because I, I hear too many times people say, oh, there's nothing to do in Tuscross County. What are you talking about? There's so much to do here. There's so much here. It's, it's crazy. I mean, for just for Kent State in, in general, like the fact that you can go to school from preschool all the way through a college degree in Tuscross County, that's right. incredible. You can't right. do that everywhere. And, and you can, uh, in a, it, the typical world, you could go see a Broadway show and- you know, yeah. in Tuscarawas yeah. County, um, 
I, you know, my background is in Broadway shows. I worked, uh, you know, with Broadway touring, uh, uh, for gosh, over 15 years. What, what shows? Uh, so when I actually got asked that question during my interview, it was kind of funny okay. um, because I, my response was, well, name a show that's toured in the past 15 years. And my answer will be yes. Really? Yes. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lion King, Wicked, Family Opera, uh, Rent, um, Cats, uh, Spring Awakening, uh, you know, Cabaret, A Chorus Line, 42nd Street. Um, and my wife is going to be so mad she didn't come in for this recording. <laughs> I've, got, I've got so many signed posters from touring cast of Broadway shows that uh, I have a couple of them in my office at the pack. Uh, but then I just have boxes of them in my basement just because I've got nowhere to put them. That's so cool. Um, so, you know, Broadway's, you know, that's that's kind of my thing. But uh, but the, the touring Broadway shows that we bring in to the pack, those exact same tours um, will also play Los Angeles and Detroit and Chicago and San Diego and Philadelphia and New Philadelphia. I mean, it's the exact same show mm -hmm. uh, cast costumes, set pieces, everything that's, that's coming to Tuscarawas County. Uh, and you, you know, you don't have to leave your backyard to find the best entertainment. I just, you know, come down to the pack and, and we'll, we'll serve it up to you on a platter. Yep. I love it. I think it's awesome. Yeah. So, all right. So everybody listening, go to Arttober. Go to Art Arttober. October be, 17th starts. What time is it? Starts at seven thirty. Seven thirty. Cool. Mm -hmm. And so. then, and then just be on the lookout because we're going to start announcing shows. Uh, you know, the the pack is back. I love the Times Reporter tagged that headline when we we announced yep. an outdoor event that we had, um, an outdoor movie screening, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, the pack is back, and uh, we're ready to uh, to serve the community. Awesome, the pack is back. Get out, go to a show because I mean. What's better than a night out whenever you couldn't have one for a long time? So, right. Enjoy it now. Yes, definitely. So take advantage of it. So that'll do it for today. Appreciate you coming in and appreciate everybody listening. And we will talk to you next time.